What's up, everyone? It's 6 p.m., which means it's 11 p.m., it's 7 a.m., it's 5 p.m., it's 3 p.m. And as always, it's anytime, anywhere. And today, we are going to talk about weather. That's pretty much the only thing we're going to talk about. So, let's start at the beginning, because that's where most stories start. So, going to work this morning, it was pretty windy. And I found out after the fact that the wind was gusting 30 knots. For those of you that don't airplane or boat, that's 35 miles an hour. <laughs> that's uh, that's faster than a car in pretty much any residential area. I got a leg exercise today riding my bike to work. Alright, I was using those Brazilian soccer thighs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I told people... That, you know, riding my bike was akin to flying an airplane in a crosswind today because I was crabbing into the wind. Like, I was literally bending the entire bike into the wind so I wouldn't get blown out of my lane. The road is going one way, and I'm pointed another way. It's, it was literally crabbing an airplane. It was bad. It wasn't the worst I've ever been in, but it was, it was pretty bad, you know? That wasn't really the rain. The rain was not really an issue this morning. I went to work, and I could tell you guys about, you know, cat giving me food, yum, 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 or doing the prelim, blah, blah, blah. None of that, sh- none of that really matters. Because as you guys know, as I've said before, my life is an after-school special. What does that mean? It means all the fun began after the fact, right? Now, we were all talking about the weather all day. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, it's just going to get worse. And I was like, yeah, right. Well, it did get worse. Um, how can it get worse than 30 mile an hour winds? Well, tomorrow it's supposed to be 40 mile an hour winds. So there's the start right there, right? Um, also today there was apparently 0.7 inches of rain. Tomorrow, 1.65 inches of rain predicted. So yes, it is going to get worse before it gets better. Um, really quickly, before we continue with the weather, it's like, oh, this is not the ideal time to be flying, and yet, I am getting my multi-stuff scheduled. They're working on a checkride date for me, which will probably be December 17th, 18th, or 19th, meaning, it'll be two years and two days, plus or minus two days, after I got my commercial. That's more than 24 months. Aren't you, aren't you supposed to do a BFR? No. Because you do a BFR the, after 24 calendar months. Meaning I have until December 31st to pass a check ride. And it looks like I will be right up on the edge of that. Which also means I've had my commercial for two years. I've been over 250 hours for two years. And in the last two years I haven't even flown 100. That's awful. Which is a good thing. The coworker and I made our plan for this weekend. We are going to go out of Fort Lauderdale. We're going to go over to Airglades. We're going to get instrument current. I have to do a hold and two approaches. We're going to fly over to Kobe for gas. Come back to Fort La- uh, to Boca to do our night currency, or three landings apiece. And then we're going to come back to Fort Lauderdale. And that should take about six hours. We're going to get some good new new in. Which is good, because the following week, you know, the week after after Thanksgiving, uh, Black Friday into Cyber Monday, when I'm off of work, I am going to be 
going to Ocala to see my grandfather. So we won't be flying. And then the week after that, allegedly, going to be doing multi-training, hopefully. Watch them give me a flight when I'm supposed to be in Ocala with my grandfather. I will cry. But anyways, if that happens, you know, I can always visit on a weekend I don't fly. I can go up after Christmas or something since, uh, you know, Angel's not coming. All right, now that short little excerpt is done, now let's get to the part once again that you have been waiting for, where I said my life is an after-school special. So I'm driving home, and it's raining badly. I got to test my waterproof shoes, which, uh, yeah, not really. So that kind of sucked. I guess they would be more waterproof if my pants stayed covering the shoes, and no water could come in from, you know, the bottom or the sides. It all came in through the top because, you know, the wind on the motorcycle pushed the pants to the side and water leaked in through the top. It also, my socks got wet and it dripped down through the socks. Anyways, the drive home was pretty miserable. The worst part being when I'm in the express lane, this dude fucking slams on his brakes. And I'll tell you what I'm not going to do on a wet road, on a motorcycle. Not going to slam on my brakes. If you don't know why... Well, you should watch one of my episodes where I explain how brakes work in a motorcycle. Don't even know if I actually did that episode. If I didn't, somebody comment, and uh, we can talk about the 70-30 rule and uh, the centrifugal force of a motorcycle, and why you don't ever slam on the brakes, especially when it's wet. If you guys want to know about that, comment. Send an email. Send a text. Eric is like, ooh, we never... I was going to send you 15 million texts. Anyways, doesn't matter. So... So, uh, I'm not slamming on my brakes. So, I pull in the clutch, so the bike is effectively in neutral. I lightly start applying the front brake, the rear brake, and I see the bumper coming up for this vehicle. Way too fast for me to stop. So, what did I do? As Angel likes to say, ooh, you're immortal. So, I did some Top Gun shit. I gave a little double beep to the cars around me, and they knew they so that they would know where I was. And uh, I aimed between the two cars and the lanes, and because you know it was in traffic, so cars everywhere. I aimed between these two cars and said, "Man, I hope I fit." <laughs> Obviously, as you guys can tell, I did fit. Now we're not in California; lane splitting is not legal. So I have to add the part here that, you know, I hope that the Department of Transportation, you know, the the Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles Department, at least, works the same way as the FAA, which is that the rules go out the window, to put it in coarse language, the rules go out the window when the interest of safety is involved, or basically, in the interest of safety, you can deviate from the from the regulations as far as necessary to deal with the emergency at hand. And you may be required to submit a report to the administrator, blah, 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 blah. Okay, anyways. Anyways. Yes, so I did deviate from the rule of lane splitting in the interest of not fucking cracking my head on the bumper of a moving truck. So, I did lane split between two cars. And this is as I'm deaccelerating as well. Like, my intention was not to lane split and cut through traffic. It was merely to avoid an imminent collision, all right? I immediately got back in line. 
and was going really slow after that as well. I mean, I was already going slow, all right? I think what it was is I was trying to pass another car, right? Because, you know, there, and there was plenty of space there. And this one d- jackass slammed on his brakes as I'm trying it. So he basically closed the gap that there was for me to go through. And, uh, yeah, it was just a bad moment. Anyways, not important. Then, you would think my troubles are done now that I've narrowly escaped death. Now I'm just driving through the regular pouring rain back home, right? Wrong. I get to Wawa, shut my bike off, get gas. I made the mistake of overfilling the gas tank again, all the way to the top. Turn the bike on, and it doesn't turn over. Probably vapor locked it. Uh... Uh, still doesn't turn on. At this point, I've probably flooded it. Now, another little sidebar for you guys. Yeah, this is going to be a full-ass episode today, by the way. Um, what is vapor lock? What is a flooded engine? And what is the difference between dealing with them in a motor vehicle like a car, an automobile like a car, and an airplane? Right? So, in a car... Well, let me start with the definitions first. A flooded engine just means that you have too much fuel in the cylinders so you can't spark them up and start a fire. There's not enough air getting into the uh, to the cylinders to have that proper stoichiometric ratio to have proper combustion and to develop power. The uh, You've flooded the spark plugs. The spark plugs can't contact the air and start a fire. So that's that's a flooded engine. Happens when you keep trying to start it, and uh, you didn't have enough air go in, and you keep pouring fuel in there after it doesn't start, it's not going to start. And you're going to have to wait for some of that fuel to evaporate or for you to lean it out, which we'll, we'll get to that. Anyways, so that's a flooded engine. A flooded engine means it's flooded with gas. There's not enough air. So what is vapor lock? Vapor lock is a real bitch. Vapor lock is the fact that fuel has a boiling point pretty much lower than the the engine sometimes. And it's the case where the fuel evaporates into gas before it makes it through the carburetor and into the cylinders. So now there's no gas liquid in the cylinder but also the pressure from the expanding gas pushes the fuel from the tank back into the tank and doesn't let any more fuel get in. So now, instead of having an engine filled with gas and no air, you have an engine filled with air, but no gas. So now you're getting the spark, dot, 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 but you're not getting any ignition because there's no fuel. Uh... And then, of course, because siphon effect and all that is how the fuel continues to flow, but you can't have that if the pressure is pushing it the other way. little physics lesson for you guys. So anyways, uh, how do you get that? Well, if you shut your bike off, like I did, and restart it two minutes later while everything is still hot, and your bike... And this is also a bigger issue to carbureted vehicles as opposed to fuel-injected. Gas now... Apparently, fuel-injected vehicles have a... um, a lower temperature overall 
uh, they're, they're more insulated. I, I don't know why I was reading this. I don't really remember. But basically, fuel has been developed with a lower boiling point than prior years because of fuel injection. But now, if you have a carbureted vehicle, like I do, you know, carburetors are more reliable, but um, they're not really good if uh, if if this... I forget. I lost my train of thought. Carburetors are more reliable to fix. They're less parts to replace. Blah blah blah. They're easier to maintain. They're a simpler mechanism, but they have a lot more problems: induction icing in airplanes, vapor lock, um, uneven development of power. Blah blah blah. Anyways, not in, none of that's important. So, um, yeah, my vehicle's carbureted. The planes I fly are carbureted. So they are susceptible to vapor lock because they, back when carbureted vehicles were a thing, the fuel boiling point was higher. Now that it's lower, it's easier for fuel to turn into vapor before it's supposed to and cause vapor lock, especially in a carbureted vehicle. Now, how do we deal with this in a car versus a plane? Well, it's a lot fucking easier in a plane, actually, for a couple of reasons. Well, actually, for the two main, I'll address each thing, right? So if you have a vapor locked car... And, I mean, you have to wait. You keep cranking it. You could try to force the fuel down, but it's not much that you can do. In a plane, if it's vapor-locked, um, I think you still have to wait, actually. What the hell was I going to... I thought there is something for a plane that you can do with for vapor-lock. Uh... And probably... And I think it's just... Oh, it's using the primer to push fuel, to squirt fuel directly into the cylinders. I believe that that's the answer. Anyways, I know the answer for flooded engine because I've dealt with this. So for a flooded engine, first of all, you can tell that it's flooded as opposed to vapor lock because you can see the fuel pooling out onto the ground from under the airplane. Your car can't always do that. The second thing is in a plane, you can sump fuel manually a lot easier than you can in a car. Yes, I know you can take fuel samples out of a car to check for water and stuff, but it's a lot easier in an airplane. You can drain fuel out of an airplane a lot easier than out of a car. Depending on the airplane, jets, it's still a pain in the ass. But piston aircraft's pretty easy. The third and biggest reason, again, this is at least for piston aircraft, jets are a whole different breed, but the biggest reason is it's a lot easier to fix a plane, Right? For your car, I mean, it's actually easier to fix a motorcycle than it is a car, but it's still easier to fix a plane than a motorcycle because dry motoring is the is the easiest way to fix the problem. Basically, what you do is you, in a plane, you pull the mixture to cut off, you crank the starter, and you open the throttle. Now, what this does is it adds air but no fuel, right? So you're it's called dry motoring because you're motoring it without fuel, and you can do this in a jet as well. We don't need to talk about jets today, but yeah, you can dry motor uh, an airplane to, again, create that balance of air versus fuel until the engine starts to come up because like if you flood it, right, it's all fuel and you start adding just air, eventually the fuel goes down, the air is pushing on it, kind of blowing the fuel out, some of the fuel is igniting until you get that 22, 7, 22, 14, 20, whatever the stoichiometric ratio is, and I forgot the number, but um... That ratio of air to fuel, I think it's 22 to 1. Um, when you have that, the engine starts, then you can put the mixture in, in the plane. Like, you can let the fuel flow now, because now you'll have a good start. 
In a bike, you can turn the fuel shutoff valve to off. It's just you have a less robust starter. And I was so worried today that I was going to kill the battery on the start the, for the starter because of um, because of this. Because I don't know how much I have, and it's an old battery, so I, I don't know. So I can't fuck with it like you can in a plane. But yeah, so you can put the fuel on off, but more than likely, and with a car usually as well, you just have to wait until the fuel evaporates. You can wait on a plane as well, but you have an extra option. Uh, yeah. So now the last part of my story. Wow, this has been a long fucking episode. Holy shit, we actually had stuff to talk about. Um, I drive home, and man, I'm glad I've lived here for 30 years. 30 years? Stupid shadow. 23 years. Because I could not see the road. At all. I had to stop turning into my driveway like I had to stop and walk the bike because I couldn't see my fucking driveway I was like what the hell that was it was a dangerous day that's the life that we lead I want to work from home tomorrow but they're probably not gonna let me anyways I'll see you guys tomorrow have a good one zona